Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 370 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here on March 24th, 2023. I know this is a Padres show. The core of the show is Padres, but San Diego State is moving on to the Elite Eight. They just upset the number one team in the country, the biggest win in program history over Alabama. So we will get to that eventually, and I'll have my reaction and have your thoughts as well. Uh, but it's a great day to be a San Diego sports fan, that's for sure. Blake Snell was named the opening day starter today. Rugnet Odor, is he on the roster? Adam Angle dealing with some ha- hamstring stuff. Uh, Fernando homered today. Blake Snell pitched really well today. Brent Honeywell pitched pretty well today. So a lot of positive things. There's positive uh, Nola Soto updates. Nola, uh, he could get in a game, a couple games in Cactus League play. That's what uh, Bob Melvin told the media earlier today. Juan Soto took dry swings today. So a lot is going good so far here in San Diego today. What a day, man. Let's start with Blake Snell. So he was named opening day starter, and this was not a surprise to me. You Darvish, he was not going to be ready to start opening day. Only threw 93 pitches in the World Baseball Classic combined. So he needs to get ramped up. And so he, the update on Darvish is he's going to throw three to four pitches tomorrow in a minor league game which could set him up to pitch the sixth game of the season, which is April 4th before the day off where they go to Atlanta. April 6th is the date, I believe, where that Musgrove is targeting, which is the first game in Atlanta, obviously. So what the Padres could be doing here is have Snell start game one and then go Martinez that Friday game, March 31st against, 31st against the Rockies, because Martinez is lined up to pitch tomorrow. So. Just based on scheduling, that would make the most sense. Would Snell go Thursday with Martinez going Friday? And then maybe Waka goes Saturday, Lugo Sunday. They could go Jay Groom on, what would that be, Monday uh, against, I think, Arizona. It's a, it's a little, it's weird. It's a two-game series there, not three. Two games. 
Then they have Darvish pitch that Tuesday game, April 4th. Then the off day, then Musgrove, April 7th. That's that's maybe how they're going to line it up here. It makes sense, at least for Darvish to pitch that final game of the homestand, the first homestand of the season. Then Musgrove, the date he's been targeting, if everything goes well, him pitch the opener in Atlanta. Um, and then have Snell obviously pitch the opener, have Martinez pitch on uh, Friday, right? Yeah, Friday. That makes the most sense. And then the rest of the starters, they would fall in where they go. It seems like if Darvish does start, if he's in line to start that sixth game of the year, then obviously the first time around, they'd go at least with the six-man rotation. So it does seem to make sense that Jay Groom would get a start because he's the favorite right now among anyone to get a start. You'd think it would be uh, Jay Groom. And then after the first time through the rotation, maybe they have Jay Groom just go to the bullpen and be a long man alongside Nabil. They could do that. Uh, but for Blake Snell, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that he doesn't deserve starting on opening day. Like if he's ready to go and according to Bob Melvin and even Blake Snow, I think, has said it himself. He is more prepared. He's more ramped up than he has been in previous spring trainings with the Padres. So if he's ready to do it, then, yeah, good for him. He had a good second half, good second half, excuse me, last year. He started um, postseason pretty well. Uh, the first game wasn't his best game. I should say he finished the postseason better than he started it. He finished the season better than he started it. But it's different circumstances. It seems like he's really motivated this year. And not just for the Padres' sake of things, right, going to try to go win the division. But for him, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't see him coming back to the Padres. That's just where my head's at with that right now. But, hey, if he's the most prepared that he's ever been with the Padres going into this year and he pitches his butt off and he has a Cy Young caliber year, I, I will clap that up. I will, I will be all for that because I'm already anticipating him leaving in free agency. So if he has this amazing year, that's going to help the Padres, and the Padres are going to be in a good spot to go win it all. If, if Blake Snell is pitching well, you think Darvish and Musgrove will be. I'm confident in Nick Martinez. Maybe the Padres go acquire another starter, or Michael Walker pitches well. That's a five-deep rotation there. And then Lugo maybe in the bullpen at some point this year. That only makes that bullpen stronger. And you add that to add Lugo to Hader, Suarez, Garcia, Hill, right? Wilson. That's that's a really deep pitching staff, and that's obviously like best case scenario. But hey, if, if Snell's ready to go, then I'm totally for him pitching opening day. And again, it was expected. Like he's kind of the default opening day starter. It was gonna happen because Darvish wasn't gonna be ready to go. Musgrove wasn't gonna be ready to go. His, his rehab process seems like he's going really well, right? It's, it's going well right now. Um, so he's going to return e earlier than what probably Padres fans, Padres personnel thought he was going to when that dumbbell, the, the what was it, a kettlebell dropped on his toe. But that's Joe. You know, he, he's working his butt off to return. You know, he wants to be pitching. He doesn't want to just steal money from the Padres. He wants to be out there and make every start. That's just who he is. He's the an ultimate competitor, a leader on this team. And so that's part of the reason why I love him. And obviously the San Diego Connect, San Diego connection and all that, right? So that was the big news today. Blake Snell named the opening day starter. I think a bunch of other big league teams named their opening day starters.
today. Maybe it was like a Major League Baseball thing, like teams had to wait until a specific date to name them because it wasn't just the Padres that named their opening day starters today. Herman Marquez is going to be starting opening day for the Rockies, I believe. I saw an article somewhere where there was like eight teams that named their opening day starters today, including the Padres. Or eight Cy Young winners. Framber Valdez is going to start for the Astros. Dylan Cease for the White Sox. Shane Bieber for Cleveland. Luis Castillo for Seattle. Julio Urias starts for the Dodgers. Zach Gallen for the Diamondbacks. Corbin Burns for Milwaukee. Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. Blake Snell for obviously the Padres. Herman Marquez. Corey Kluber for the Red Sox. Interesting choice. Kyle Gibson for Baltimore. Zach Grinke for Kansas City. Pablo Lopez for the Minnesota Twins. Patrick Corbin for Washington. Max Freed for Atlanta. Eduardo Rodriguez for Detroit. Shane McClanahan for the Rays. Alec Manoa for Toronto. Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals because Wainwright got hurt. I think a groin injury lifting weights. Uh, Mitch Keller for the Pirates. Hunter Green for the Reds. Otani for the Angels. Kyle Muller for the Oakland A's. Is that like every team? I named a bunch of starters there. I assume Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole for the Yankees. Logan Webb for the Giants. Nola for the Phillies. DeGrom for the Rangers. Verlander for the Mets, maybe. Verlander or Scherzer. So, yeah, a lot of teams have already named their opening day starters. Again, it was expected, if you're following the Padres, that Snell was going to be named the opening day starter. Uh, Bomel said to the media earlier today, we feel like he's in a really good place this year. Mentioned, mentioned him being ramped up more than in previous years, than last year as well. Um and, and Bomel also mentioned how Snell's motivated for many reasons to put together a really good season. And I think one of the, the main reasons is obviously he wants to get paid in free agency after the 2023 season. I think he'd be open to coming back to the Padres. I think the Padres would be open to having Blake back. But it feels like to me, like extending Darvish, they have Musgrove long-term. Jay Groom's going to be here. With, you know, he's on a rookie contract, right? Martinez, hopefully for multiple years. Uh, Waka, hopefully for multiple years. Like, it seems like they'd be okay with Snell walking if he goes and gets a bunch of money somewhere else, if he has a really good year. But that's obviously something that will be decided down the road. Uh, Rugnet Odor, he started in left field today in the Padres spring training win over the Los Angeles Angels. He's never played in the outfield before in his career. I saw earlier this morning on social media that he was taking some fly balls. I think with David Macias, the outfield coach, first base coach for the Padres, he was taking some fly balls in Peoria in right field, but I guess he played in left field today in the Padres spring training game. What this tells me is Rugnet Odor is going to make the opening day roster. I think that's a kind of clue the Padres dropped today. Like, this guy's on the roster. Why would they be trying... Rugnet Odor in a position he's never played before for him to not make the roster, right? You know, A.J. Preller, the Padres, they love their versatility. So 
they're only going to increase someone's versatility if they're going to be a part of the organization, I would think. So I think Odor is going to make it over Dixon now, if I had to guess. Yeah, today Odor played left, went 0 for 2, but he's hitting 290 this spring. They're going to take his major league experience over someone like Tim Lopes, who's had a really good spring. Uh, and he's a lefty bat. Tim Lopes is a righty. And Brandon Dixon, he hasn't really had a great spring. And he's a righty bat. And they already have a righty in Nelson Cruz, who's going to DH or be a bench bat. They have a Zokar who could be on the bench. We'll get to that here in a second. Um, so they feel pretty good with their right-handed bats. They probably want a left-handed bat, infield bat, someone who can play multiple infield positions. And I guess emergency situation, they could put them in the outfield. I I was not watching today's game, like every play of the game, so I don't I don't know how Odor did in the outfield. I had school, but it me for me, them putting Odor in the outfield, it tells me that he's making the roster. They would not be experimenting him in the outfield this late into spring for him not to make the roster. I don't think. And now I know, I know, you know, this leads us into the Adam Engel stuff. Adam Engel dealing with a hamstring injury after catching uh, that ball in the gap yesterday. Great play, but unfortunately it led to the hammy injury. He was dealing with a calf strain, I believe, earlier in spring. Now a hammy. Bob Melvin uh, said that he doesn't see Engel playing another Cactus League game. So that obviously would take him out of the running to make the opening day roster. So it seems like the Padres' opening day outfield group would be Soto, Grisham, Azokar, and Dahl. I don't know who it's... Well, Marquez, right? Marquez is a righty, so Dahl would probably start opening day in right field, and then Soto's in left, Grisham's in center. Soto, I'm putting Soto on the team because it seems like he will make it. He took some dry swings today. That was the latest update. And Bob Melvin's still optimistic that he will be able to make the opening day roster. He might even get some at-bats. Hopefully he does in the last couple spring training games. If not, he can still go get at-bats when the team is in San Diego those two, get, those two days before uh, opening day. They have two days off. There's the Tuesday, the Monday-Tuesday spring training games against Seattle. And then, or it wouldn't be two days. It would be one day, I think. I think they just have that Wednesday off. He could still get at-bats then in like a live VP in San Diego or just you know get at-bats that Tuesday. Uh, get plenty of at-bats then. And even if he doesn't, like, you put him on the roster if he's feeling fine. It's Juan freaking Soto. It's not someone that's had limited at-bats. He hasn't played in as many games as he could have this spring. But when he was at the plate, he's not someone that was striking out all the time or popping up and his timing wasn't right. No, he's been hitting bullets this spring. He was hitting bullets, hitting bombs during the World Baseball Classic. So I'm not worried about Juan Soto getting enough at-bats. I know Bob Melvin and the Padres probably are, just like they are with every player, but if there's someone not to be worried about, he's one of the few to not be worried about in terms of how many at-bats they get in spring training. It's Juan Soto. I'm fairly confident in his offensive abilities. Um, so yeah, Angle, it's unfortunate dealing with the hamstring issue, but this does open the opportunity for Azokar or Dahl to prove themselves while Engel is out. Because we know Fernando's going to come back April 20th. At least that's the plan. And he's looking really good 
homered today in spring. Uh, that guy is raking. He's hitting 324 this spring after starting like 0 for what? 0 for 16, 0 for 18 at the plate this spring. So I think he's going to be fine. And it seems to be adjusting better to right field and making some good plays at the wall, showing off his arm. So I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Fernando so far this spring, uh, especially recently. And even if he sucked in spring, I want, I'm not going to sit here and be worried about one of the most talented players on the face of the earth that play baseball. Uh, but getting back to angle and the outfield situation, so he's probably going to start the year on the IL, or at least, yeah, IL and then rehab rehab games in AAA. This gives the opportunity to Azokar, to Dahl, to prove themselves. Tatis comes back. One of them is going to be not on the roster anymore, I would think, Azokar. And then when Angle comes back, if that other guy that's still on the roster, if he's not playing well, then he will be off the roster. But if Dahl is playing really well, let's say, if he survives the roster, when Tatis comes back, he's playing really well, a left-handed bat, maybe they still keep Dahl on the roster, and they say, hey, Adam Angle, I know he has the major league contract, but rehab a little bit longer, rehab for another week. Let's see, let's get you some more at-bats in AAA. Make sure this injury is not going to creep up again when the Padres are really just saying, hey, uh, this guy's raking right now. He's staying on the roster until he stops, right? I don't know what the situation's like if Angle, if, if they option him to the minor leagues or if they even have the ability to do that. I think you'd have to go through waivers or try to trade him first, or he could just, because it's a major league contract, I think, I could be wrong on this, but I think, he could just say, no, release me. I'm not going to the minor leagues. I could go sign a major league deal elsewhere. Uh, but, hey, if you want to be on a contender, you're probably just going to have to accept a longer rehab assignment if Azokar, if Dahl are playing really well when Tatis returns and when Angle is ready to come back. Give him a few more at-bats if someone's playing really well. So this is, the, this is a good opportunity for Jose Good opportunity for David Dahl. David Dahl, I think he's really impressed so far this spring. I think Jose Azokar has had good moments this spring. And I think Angle is a better version of Jose Azokar. But, look, the Padres, they're trying to win games in the regular season. You know, the games matter. So they're going to go probably with the hot bat, I would think. Because both can play good defense. Both have speed. I don't think Angle has the strongest arm. Both. Their strong suits are not at the plate. But if Azokar is hitting well at the plate, then what's what's the option? What's the other option, right? They're, they're going to probably stick with Azokar for that time. Um, so unfortunate news with Angle, but it can be good news with Dahl and Azokar. You know, they're going to get that opportunity. So opening day outfield again, that group, I think it's going to be Soto, Grish, Dahl, Azokar. And then guys that can play the outfield in emergency situations, Odor, maybe, because he's playing some outfield. Matt Carpenter, Fangraphs, still lists him as someone that could play the outfield, even though I don't think he's played the outfield yet this spring. Maybe he gets in there like Odor's getting in there just to get some a little bit of reps. Those are two emergency outfielders if Dixon's not on the roster. Uh, but infielders, Manny, Bogarts, Kim, Cronenworth, Odor, Cruz, Carpenter, Campy Nola as the catchers. Like, that's how I see it happening right now. 
that position player group. Um, but things can change, obviously, when I do my, from now until I do my last roster projection, probably right before opening day. So, yeah, that's that's the latest around Padres camp. Martinez starting tomorrow. So it seems like he would be in line to start that Friday game against the Rockies, the first City Connect game of the year. Good day from Blake Snell today. Six innings, no runs, three hits, walked one, struck out six. So he backed up the Padres' decision to start him opening day there with his best outing of the spring. So like Snell, I know he pitched really well, but went six innings today. Darvish, where is he at right now in that process to get ramped up to like that point? Three, four innings. That's what he's going to throw tomorrow in a minor league game, probably on a backfield. So he's a couple innings behind. So he's going to need that next start. So let's say, well, not let's say, we know he's going tomorrow. So you put him one, two, three, four, every fifth day, he'd throw on the 30th on opening day. Maybe that's in a bullpen session or live BP before the game on opening day, before the Padres hit. Um, he could start then or just start in Peoria. Maybe he just stays in Peoria and just pitches there, then comes to San Diego and one, two, three, four, five. That fifth day would be April 4th. So that's what I'm saying. Like that Tuesday game, that last game of the homestand, it seems like that would line them up pretty well to make that first start. All right, I'm going to get to your comments here, but first, a message about Gaglione Bros. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so Devin... With a question here, are they going with a six-man rotation? It seems like they're going with the six-man the first time around, and then maybe it's to, to be determined the second time around because I think the second time around, if everything goes well, it would be Musgrove. Well, technically, Darvish starting the sixth game, Musgrove starting the seventh, so they're the top of the rotation. Then you just put Snell in in that second Atlanta game. So maybe they don't go six, and they, after... Once Darvish starts, then maybe they take Groom out of the rotation or the sixth starter out of the rotation, and they put him as a long man. We could see that. So I think they, they'd start with the sixth man. Just based on the numbers and who's scheduled to start when, it seems like they'd start with the sixth man. Is Dixon going to AAA because of Odor outperforming? Partly, probably. Uh, again, I lean towards Odor going to San Diego to make the team. Dixon hasn't had a great spring. It's a lefty bat. A lot of major league playing time under Odor's belt. And they're experimenting with him in the outfield. They're, they're putting him in the outfield here late in spring. So, again, I don't, I don't think that they would be doing that if they were just going to say, hey, pack your bags, go, go to El Paso, or we'll release you, go sign with another team. They wouldn't be trying him in the outfield, I don't think. Uh, Irie says, according to the way he played today, he was ready to go. There was some good players in that lineup. Yep. Devin asks, what's happening with Tehran? Is he going to opt out? I think he can opt out by tomorrow. I saw something on MLB Trade Rumors about that. So I think he could opt out if the Padres aren't going to sit there tomorrow and say, hey, 
we're giving you a spot. If they don't give him a spot, then I would think he would opt out. But I don't know. He's had some rocky outings the last couple outings. Just from watching a lot of missed spots. He doesn't blow anyone away with velocity. So maybe he's like, I'll just wait it out here with a contending team. I don't want to go sign with like the Rockies. I'm just throwing a team out there. I don't know if they're a fit for him. I don't want to go sign with someone like that. I'll just stick around in El Paso, see how it works out, see if some injuries happen, and then I could go join a World Series contender and be a part of a team that might go on and win the World Series. But I think there's a good chance of him opting out. Do you believe Corbin Burns will be a Padre come the trade deadline? I'm hearing some speculation from fans. It's a good possibility. Well, key key phrase there, speculation from fans. Us fans, we'd love to have Corbin Burns. But do the Brewers want to trade their best pitcher? I don't know. It seemed like it would seem like the best option for them is to trade Corbin Burns. Are they going to win the World Series the next couple years? No. They're not set up for that. So you want to get a lot back for your best pitcher who's not happy with you right now after everything that happened in the arbitration process, right? The Brewers pretty much saying, yeah, you're the reason why we didn't make the playoffs last year. I would think that Burns isn't going to sign back there. So Milwaukee, kind of like the Otani thing, might as well trade him, get something back, because I don't see that guy coming back to your team. Come the trade deadline, I, I can't even I can't even think about that because who knows what's going to happen between now and the trade deadline. We could have an amazing rotation playing out, and the Padres be like, "No, I'm not trading Jackson Merrill for Corbin Burns," or they'll try to trade for him after the season ends to not have to give up as much, you know, and risk him maybe still being or risk him not being available, but trade less to get him. I don't know. That's a long ways away. It's hard to, to think that... It, it's hard for me to say, yeah, I think Corbin Burns is going to be a Padre come the trade deadline. If I had to lean towards yes or no right now, though, I would say no. Uh, what time is opening day? I believe it's one ten. Is the first pitch. Snell against Herman Marquez. Jerks and Profar is going to be back at Petco for opening day, but not in a Padre uniform. He'll probably get a good round of applause. Irie says, Odor, Dahl, Azokar all deserve a chance. They're all going to get a chance. That's what it seems like with this angle hamstring stuff and Odor playing, playing some outfield. Looks like all three will be on the roster. So they will get a chance. And this Tati suspension, the angle injury, that's going to give Dahl and Azokar a good runway there. The first what? few weeks of the year to to show the Padres they deserve to be with the big league club when Tatis returns because one of them won't the other will yeah Devin says Burns switched his agent to Scott Boris so he's looking to go get paid obviously that's what that means and he will he's one of the best pitchers in baseball I would not blame you if you predicted him to go win the Cy Young in the National League this year He's going to get paid. But again, he's not a free agent at the end of this year. He's a free agent at the end of next season, at the end of 2024 season. All right. I, I mean, there's not a whole lot to discuss around, like, Padres spring training action. 
I'm at the point now where, yeah, I'm watching the games, but I just want guys to stay healthy. I want, I'm focused on kind of the last few spots on the roster, like the depth guys. But it's kind of like, can we just get to opening day here? How many games the Padres have left? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four games left. They already had their split squad out of the way. So four games left, just don't have any injuries. Kind of just keeping track of the, the Soto, the NOLA timelines, the updates there. Again, Soto today had some dry hacks with the bat. Uh, NOLA, what was the latest update on NOLA? NOLA, I believe he, he caught, he might have swung. He might have swung the bat a little bit today. Trying to look up the latest update on Nola from today. Uh, Dennis Lynn, I think he said on Darren Smith show, San Diego Sports 760 today, that the Padres, they're very hopeful that Nola will be in the opening day lineup catching Blake Snow. And by the way, Snow pitched really well today, pitching to Luis Camposano. So. And it seemed like Snell was one of the ones that was very reluctant to have Campy catch him, but you kind of have to when Nola's not available. So we'll see. I, I lean towards Soto being on the opening day roster and being available. I lean towards Nola being available and starting on opening day. Campy's going to have to earn it, but if Nola, if something goes wrong, you know, the next week and he's not going to be ready, then Campy will be catching for Blake Snow on opening day. All right, I'm going to get to San Diego State here. Don't worry, definitely going to get to San Diego State. But first, I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick-up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right, so this San Diego State game, what a game. I mean, before the game, 
I was thinking about because the the Matt Bradley underdog fantasy higher or lower on points, I believe was like thirteen, and I was tempted to go lower and and place that entry, but I was like, well, San Diego State great defensively. Matt Bradley last couple games he's come up big. The the free throw stuff is gone, uh, so I should have went lower. But Matt Bradley still had an amazing um, effect at the end on this game, made free throws. There was the the trap that Alabama tried to get on Bradley late, and he ended up getting out of it. Three Bama players surrounded him, and he got out. Uh, I think Parrish had free throws there. He made, I think, one of two of those. But what a game. San Diego State, Alabama. Yes, I was wrong. I'll admit that. I thought that Alabama was going to win. I thought it was going to be close. I thought San Diego State could win the game, and it was close. San Diego State, by the way, wins 50, uh, 71, excuse me, 71 to 64. They outscored Alabama 28-23 in the first half and then 43-41 in the second half. They had a big like 12-0 run that they had in the second half. I believe it was the second half. That was obviously huge. Gave him all the momentum. Darion, Darion Trammell, my goodness. Talk about having a game of your life in the biggest spot possible, right? Uh, but I, I thought, getting back to my pre-game prediction, you know, going into the game, I thought Alabama was going to win. It was going to be a close game. Both had really good defenses. But I thought that Alabama, they're a good three-point shooting team as well. They have the length advantage over San Diego State. I just thought that they were going to be able to edge San Diego State out. But San Diego State, they played a perfect game, pretty much. Were there Alabama runs? Yeah. But, and did San Diego State shoot the, the three amazingly well? They made six threes. It's not amazingly well. Was Matt Bradley their best player? Did he step up all game long? No. but. When they needed him most at the end, he stepped up. When they needed a big game from someone like Darion Trammell, he stepped up. 21 points, made three threes. Micah Parrish made two threes. Seiko added a three. Nine for 16 from the field today. Darion Trammell, uh, I, I thought that he might have been limping a little bit in the first half because he was clipped, I think, by Brandon Miller on his left hip, left leg. Came back in the game. He was making threes. He was making jumpers. Uh, I mean, what a game from him. Remember in like the, I think it was the Mountain West tournament, he was like not scoring at all in games. And you could see they had him on the bench, not sulking, but just obviously not very happy about his performance. But then, you know, fast forward a couple weeks later and he's having the game of his life. That's so cool. So cool to watch. Over 20 points for him. Eight points for Keisha Johnson. Four points for Nathan Mensa, who grabbed eight rebounds. Five blocks for Nathan Mensa in this game. What a block he had in the in late in the second half, too. My goodness. Butler, four points. Bradley, six points. Bradley, he had no points with 10.47 left in the second half. So... They Alabama limited him, didn't do anything. I think he was 0 for 6 from the field at that point. But again, he made those free throws late to make it, I think, back into a two-possession game. 
Trammell, 14 points with 10.47 left at that same point that Bradley had no points. He stepped up, right? Bradley was not clicking. Trammell stepped up. The defense stepped up. It was a weird game. Like, it wasn't a totally clean game. There was loose balls that could have had more possessions uh, on Alabama's side, could have had more possessions for San Diego State. Alabama, like I said earlier, they're a better three-point shooting team, I thought. But watching this game, you wouldn't have thought that. They end up making three three-pointers the entire game. Three for 27. They shot 11.1% from three. I mean, if they would have made a couple more of those, obviously this story would have been maybe a little bit different. San Diego State, credit to them defensively, limited Brandon Miller to one three-pointer. Brandon Miller attempted three, or excuse me, 10 three-pointers, one for 10 from three, nine points, kept them in single digits, Alabama's best player. They kept Clowney with three points. By the way, he almost went to San Diego State. Uh, and a rope fouled out late in this game, second half of this game, and it was still close. And I wish I would have like enjoyed San Diego State's dominance a little bit more. But I was kind of just waiting. Like, Alabama, they're the one seed here. They have the length. I'm just waiting for them to go back, tie this game, take the lead. And it got close. I think it was like a four-point game at one point. It was a two-point game, I, I remember, late in the second half. Um, and I was waiting for that, like, for San Diego State to end up, you know, being down. Maybe maybe they came back and won, but I was waiting for that moment. But it didn't happen. San Diego State kept going, kept playing. Really, really good defense. And this is the first Mountain West team ever to advance to the Elite Eight. UNLV, Wyoming, as they said on the broadcast, they had some runs, but they were not a part of the Mountain West Conference yet. So this is the best team in San Diego State men's basketball history results-wise. The 30-2 and two team in 2020, I'm always going to think like that's the best San Diego State team. They would have been a Final Four team. But this team right here has the chance to do that with a win over, I believe, Princeton or Creighton on Sunday. And I believe they're going to be the higher seed in this game. They're going to be wearing their white home unis, I think, on Sunday. So could not be happier for Brian Dutcher. It was Steve Fisher's birthday today. So obviously a, a great birthday present for him. What a win. Jane Ledee, I got to shout him out. That spin dunk that he had, the one-hand slam, that got everyone fired up. It seemed like there were a lot of San Diego State fans there in Louisville today. So credit to all the San Diego State fans that showed up. I think I saw Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach, was there. Um, I know it's a Friday, so that probably helped. But, man, it, it looked like there was a lot of State fans there. 21 points from Darion Trammell. He showed up when it mattered. Matt Bradley showed up when it mattered. Nathan Mensa showed up defensively when it mattered. A rope, how many blocks do you have? No blocks, but had five rebounds. No, 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 three rebounds, excuse me. So he didn't have his best game, but guess what? Ladee had a really good game, 12 points for him. He shot, right? Mensa, like they, they stepped up for other guys that weren't having their best game. What a run. So they beat Charleston. They beat Furman to get to the Sweet 16. They have to go up against the number one seed. No one picked San Diego State to win this game, at least from what I saw, including myself. Uh, but 
I thought it was going to be a close game, and it was. Alabama's a good team. But uh, San Diego State, they played better. It seemed like they wanted it a little bit more. Um, Matt Bradley, I know, I think Matt Bradley was called for the foul in the first half, but went diving for that ball, and his face smashed against the court, um, against the hardwood. Like It felt like San Diego State wanted it more. They went and earned that win. Yeah, Alabama did not shoot well from three. Darren Chamel had the game of his life. The defense stepped up. So congratulations to San Diego State, to the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. They did something. They have done something this year that Kawhi Leonard's team did not do. Again, the 30-2 and two team will never know. Malachi Flynn has told me in person that he thought that they'd go win, that all, they'd go win it all that year in 2020. But obviously, uh, COVID happened. I mean, there's a bunch of teams, by the way, that are going to have that what if. I look at women's basketball with Oregon and Sabrina Unescu. I loved watching that team. And obviously the San Diego State men's team. Those are two that, you know, one on each side, men's, women's, that stand out to me. Like, what if they would have went to the Final Four, both of those teams, if they could have gotten that opportunity. So what a year already. This year is already an amazing success for San Diego State. And now you're going to feel like they can go win. If Creighton goes and beats uh, Providence, or not Providence, if Creighton goes and beats Princeton, which I think they can do, you're going to have a rematch from last year. San Diego State in the Elite Eight is going to get a chance to to get that revenge game over Creighton, which was a first-round game last year. Wild. What a win from San Diego State. Congratulations to them. Man. We'll get back to the chat, obviously. Any comments, any questions, put them in questions, put them in there. Uh, San Diego Wave, they start their season tomorrow night. I mean, what a like a week and a half, a week span this is going to be for San Diego sports. Padres opening day on Thursday, San Diego State playing in the Elite Eight on Sunday. The Wave, who have a really good chance, I think, at winning the whole thing this year. They're a top three, top four team in the NWSL going into the season. They open up against Mallory Swanson and the Chicago Red Stars at home. They've already sold over 20,000 tickets. A lot of fans are going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be a great, great atmosphere, so I cannot wait to be there for that. Um, what a time for San Diego sports, huh? The Pac-12 decision, right, that's coming up. Um, so... What a time for San Diego State to be in the Elite Eight, right? Right when the Pac-12's considering them to join the conference to you know, help replace UCLA, USC in that conference as that Southern California representative. Yeah, San Diego State's farther than those schools got. They just went and beat the number one team in the country. How about just add them to the Pac-12 and get this over with, huh? That's my that's my viewpoint on it, but obviously that's me being a biased San Diego sports fan and wanting San Diego State to be in a Power 5 conference. Um, but getting back to the chat here, we'll end it with the chat. Yeah, a lot of excitement about the Aztecs. And it's well-deserved. Should be excited. They're going to a place on Sunday they've never been. Ari says, I bet that Charlie Blackman is happy he's starting his, his year against us. Yeah, but hopefully the Padres have a good enough lineup. I think they do. They have a good enough lineup to 
overcome Charlie Blackman because the Rockies suck, or at least they're expected to suck. They're not trying to win, and the Padres have a stacked lineup. They have one of the best lineups in baseball, and I have confidence in the pitching staff as a whole going into the season. So hopefully it's not like 2019 where Blackman can just go single-handedly beat the Padres. Uh, Devin asks, not Padres related, but did you see Mad Dog's comments about Otani versus Trout? Yeah. Yeah. He's the only guy on the face of the earth that had those comments. Even football fans, basketball fans that like don't watch baseball who watched it, they were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. No. Mad Dog was like, no, this at bat, really? We're calling this this amazing at bat? It's March. Mike Trout strikes out all the, all he does is he does nothing but strike out. That's literally what Mad Dog said. A three-time MVP, like a 10-time All-Star, one of the best baseball players we've ever seen. He criticizes Mike Trout. All, all he does is strike out. Shut up. I got to get him on the show again. We'll see if he can come on the show again this year. and I could definitely get him again. Because if you were paying attention to the show last time, last year, I think it was last year when he came on the show and he was a big fan of Hosmer and he didn't think that Hosmer was like why the Padres were not having much success. And I wanted Hosmer gone and I thought that could save money, improve the roster. And what do you know? Hosmer leaves and they go to the NLCS without Tatis, without Bogarts. Right. So I think I won that. Um, We'll see if I can get him on this year. What other guests do you want me to try to get on this year? Let me know in the chat. Irie says, players that smash at Petco against us, Charlie Blackman, Brian Reynolds hit well over 300 at Petco. I'm sure that it's not just those guys. David Peralta stands out to me. Um, I don't know about Ryan McMahon. I haven't looked up his numbers at Petco. But, yeah, there's other guys than just those that stand out to me on who mashes at Petco. But, again... I have trust in our pitching staff. A lot of those numbers were when the Padres had Joey Lucchese thrown out on the mound or uh, Eric Lauer or Craig Stammen out of the bullpen. Alex says more Padres blogger. He was awesome. Yeah, he's, he's great. Go give him a follow on social media. Him and I, I feel like we connect really well because we're real diehard Padres fans. I know not every Padres fan is going to be a real diehard Padres fan maybe they're just getting into the game and I'm fine with that I welcome all Padres fans if you're if you're just getting into the Padres because of how good they are and you just want to see entertaining baseball and you live in San Diego and you're going to be a Padre fan now well come on in like I love that uh but for the diehard fans that like me and him that can really connect because it's like yeah we've been through it sure he's older than me and he's been through more than I have but I've been through a lot too a lot of losing and sitting in, sitting there, game in, game out, losing, 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 having Will Myers be like the face of the franchise, or Eric Hosmer dropping pop-ups against the Astros, and it's, it's a, a walk-off win for the Astros, stuff like that. When the Padres fan, there weren't as many Padres fans tuning in, right? To now to see the fan base grow, and now the Dyard fans get to see that success and this great roster, uh, definitely brings me a lot of joy. I'm sure it brings him a lot of joy. It brings... Padres fans all around the city a lot of joy and you got to give credit to AJ and to Peter Seidler obviously for losing money being okay with losing money millions of dollars Forbes came out with a report the other day that Seidler's gonna last year I think that he lost millions of dollars 
I forget. Let me look this up. I think the Union Tribune wrote an article about it. But Seidler lost like 50 plus million dollars, I want to say, last season. And it's going to be more this year, I would think. Yeah, Forbes estimates the Padres' value is at $1.75 billion. And Forbes had, they estimated the Padres' operating losses of $55 million in 2022. That was $23 million more than they lost in 21. So Seiler is willing to lose over $50 million for this team to be a winner. And it's going to probably be more, like I just said, probably be more this year because there's a higher payroll. But he's okay with that because he wants to win. That's all he cares about. He wants to win. He wants the city to experience a parade. It's never happened before, right? A World Series parade. That's what he wants. And I think he'll make the money back, you know, years down the road when fans consistently sell out. Um, if they can, you know, go win that, this year they can go win it all this year and they have the team i think they have the team it's about health it's about if the depth guys end up being what the padres think they're going to be and maybe some stars that are acquired before the trade deadline or even not stars even smaller players that are acquired before the trade deadline that are maybe that missing piece right but they have the talent stack lineup good rotation depth pitching wise I'm really confident in the bullpen where it's at right now. So it's going to be an exciting season. We're less than a week away. I cannot freaking wait. All right. Episode 370. That is it. Thank you, everyone, for the time. Podcast plat- podcast platforms. Uh, YouTube. I appreciate it. I appreciate you all. I appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your night. And go Padres. See ya. Go Aztecs. <laughs>